So ladies and gentlemen, I was looking into buying uh, leather gloves for the winter and I did not know how much uh, leather gloves costed. <laughs> it's, it's a lot. Uh, in the words of Public Evans, Chuck D, bring the noise. Fifth Podcast Network. I am Charlie Taylor, and this is what's good. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. I hope, I hope, I hope you've all had a good week. Let's get that sentence out of there. <laughs> uh, my week's been pretty okay, pretty chill. Um, obviously, started the uh, finally third podcast under the Five VPN is officially out in search of source. So if you want to go listen to that, please go listen to that. Uh, do it's, it's going to drop every four, every Friday fortnightly, uh, so every other Friday. Uh, so no no uh, insert source this week, but obviously next week is where you'll get the second episode. So and literally as uh, as of today, as of my recording today, uh, it's, it's officially on Apple Podcasts as well. So you can find it on Apple, uh, Spotify, uh, Stitcher, TuneIn, Castbox, or just wherever you, wherever you listen to your podcast just uh, copy the rss feed and you're pretty much there uh, for wherever you for whatever platform you use because rss is kind of that universal link for everything so yeah if you want to listen to that uh listen to that in terms of source please go listen to that and also obviously digging in digits uh got an amazing episode coming uh next episode amazing episode oh, it's, it's one of those episodes where i'm like this is what the fifth element is for it really is so i cannot wait uh the hobie ben just uh, suggested it today and i was just like oh Yes, tasty, tasty. But anyway, onto this particular show. Uh, got a full, got a full stacked uh, one topic for every subject uh, episode. Uh, so the the perfect episode from a gender standpoint. And yeah, I'm 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 hyped. I'm hyped. I'm ready to get into this. Obviously, it's a, it's a lot to cover. And yeah, it's a, it's a lot of opinions that need to be. Th- thrown into your ears so without further ado let's get into it regardless uh formatties before we begin we have the email we have the twitter we have the ig we also have the facebook as well uh hit me up on any of those if you want to chat or share your things uh, share my things and then tag me in it because you know why not <laughs> but other than that let the beat drop and let's get into the show In a week where Stormzy makes the cover of uh, Time magazine as part of its next generation leader issue, um, and actually, as of this recording again, as of today, so a lot's happened today as I record. Um, Mallory Blackman, uh, the obviously uh, uh, famous author, uh, is going to drop her autobiography via mer- hashtag Murky Books, so uh, which is obviously Stormzy's uh, book uh, book publishing label. So yeah, that's a uh, it's another, it's another big up for that. So uh, yeah, that's, I, I kind of find that fascinating, you know, the fact that Stormzy has a book label or a book publishing, whatever you want to call it. You don't, you don't see that. You, you rarely see that. You know, you don't, you don't see. You, most of the time, it's usually uh, when when rappers or artists, anyway, they usually uh, do a side business. It's usually obviously music based. You know, so it's either like a, a la- their own label or. Uh, something like that, or usually just something to do with music, but um, he's just jumped into book publishing, which is uh, quite fascinating, and uh, big up for that. Uh, Ethiopian Prime Minister uh, Abiy Ahmed wins the 2019 Nobel Peace Prize. Uh, Eliud Kipchoge runs the first ever sub-two-hour marathon. Bridget Koskai win- smashes Paul Radcliffe's uh, marathon world record to tw- two hours, 14 minutes and three seconds. Uh, 71 second gap between Paulers and the and Koskai's world record run. That's a madness. Uh, Simone Biles uh, becomes the undisputed GOAT of gymnastics, winning her fifth all-round gold medal and now has 24 medals, the most all-time. GOAT, pretty much. <laughs> I can I can dispute that. GOAT. Uh, 15-year-old tennis sensation Coco Goff wins her first WTA tournament, and Whitney Houston and the Notorious B.I.G. become the first-time nominees for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I'm, I'm really fascinated by the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame because clearly they're not rock and roll. You know, it, it's it's just where, where's it, where, where's it going now? What's the point of calling it the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Because you know, 
cool that Willie Houston and uh, Biggie have been nominated, you know, uh, posthumously, but still, it's cool, it's cool, but I just, I just wonder what's the, why, why is it the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame now, you know, it's, uh, I'm sure, I'm sure back in the day they used to do Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, you know, worthy of Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, but now it's just anybody who's decent, you know, <laughs> not decent, any, any legend, you know what I mean, so uh, I, I just, Wait, wait, it, uh, clearly, it clearly has gone over the rock and roll threshold. So I'm wondering, is, isn't it time to probably rename the museum itself? You know, uh, well, not a museum, but um, Hall of Fame. Anyway, there is a museum, and it's probably like by the same people. But anyway, uh, I'm sure once the you know hip hop uh, Universal Hip Hop Museum comes through, um, given a few years in the Bronx, uh, and if they do a Hall of Fame, I'm sure that it'll most likely just be hip hop and nobody else. You know, it's a you, you, you usually stop at some point, you know. The Toy Hall of Fame doesn't do, uh, it does toys, you know. What I mean, it doesn't do anything else. So I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with this. Just, just a, just a point. I just wanted to, just wanted to throw up there. Anyway, uh, we shall start with. Let's start with the news that's um, kind of been just on my mind for the past few days, and uh, it's just been, it's just been at the forefront of uh, sports news anyway. So this is the. Believe it or not, this is the sports uh, section of the show. Uh, so, yeah. So, England, Bulgaria. Uh, obviously, the match itself was pre-locked uh, down. Uh, England won 6-0. But it's not really about that. It's, it's, not, it's not about that. So, what I'm going to read here is kind of the, the match report, I guess, uh, from uh, David uh, he- he- Heitner. Heitner? 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 H-Y-T-N-R? T-N-E-R, Heitner, Hitner, I don't know, um, David, I'll just call him David, uh, <laughs> his report via The Guardian, and yeah, it's not about the match itself, it really isn't about the match itself, and if you've heard of, obviously if you watch the game and you know, and you watch the news, it's clearly about the racism that happened at the game itself, and I don't know if you guys remember from a previous episode from way back during the winter, I think, uh, last winter, uh, when England had the same problem, very similar problem with uh, fans from, I think, Montenegro. It, this, the same crap happened, and, you know, and we're still here talking about this, and, say, and you know, there, there's another article I'm going to read from uh, briefly, and just take points from, uh, where officials from, you know, UEFA, and uh, obviously the FA, and stuff like that, they're all going to, not to spoil the article itself, but they're just going to say, you know, something needs to happen, and I'm like, yeah, Something really does need to happen, and there's another uh, little factoid I'm going to give uh, via here uh, via this article as well. Excuse me, via this article as well, and it's just going to it's it's just going to be the crux of my rage, to be honest. So uh, let's get into the article itself. So, uh, given history and given the build-up in which claim and counterclaim had raised temperature around this year of 2020 qualifier, it was easy to fear the worst. But when it did happen, when the monkey chance towards Tyrone Mings started from a section of Bulgaria support. There could be only uh, there could only be shock and revulsion. Mings, who ought to have uh, reveled in the thrill of wearing the England shirt for the first time, was not only was not the only black player to be targeted. Raheem Sterling and Marcus Rashford also heard the disgusting noises, meaning England's victory was quickly relegated to a footnote. The idea for Gareth Southgate and his players was to show their capacity to bounce back from Friday's two-one defeat by Czech Republic in Prague, and they did that in style. But this was an altogether different kind of psychological test in front of a crowd in which Nazi salutes were performed and a 50-strong group of black-clad ultras who were behind some of the worst abuses were ejected. The minus minority brought shame on Bulgaria. It was deeply distressing to watch, to feel the skin crawl whenever one of England's black players had the ball in anticipation of what might happen, and so goodness knows how Mings, Sterling and Rashford were able to continue. After the chance had started to ring out with greater clarity, Sterling uh, gilded the scoreline with two smart finishes who put the ball in the racist net. Raheem Sterling chanted the English support. Southgate had made it plain, he said, had made it plain he and his players would follow UEFA's three-step protocol, and so they did. First, there was an announcement over the PA system that urged the, ch- uh, urged the chance to stop, and when they did not, the referee, Ivan Bebek, halted the game just before the interval and asked Southgate whether he wanted to take his place off to the dressing room. He said he wanted to get to half-time, talk to the players and take stock. There was the option for England not to return, 
But according to FA chairman Greg Clark, the players wanted to resume. They did not want the races to win. England's last visit to this stadium in 2011. This is this is the point, and I'm going to stop after this particular paragraph because it kind of just makes my point and is, like I said, is the very the crux of my rage here and just my irritation with all of this. Uh, England's last visit to the stadium in 2011, also for a European qualifier, had been scarred by monkey chants towards Ashley Cole, Ash- Ashley Young and Theo Walcott. So much for the progress uh, the Bulgarian Football Union president Borislav uh, Mihailov uh, had trumpeted last week. After half-time, there were more audible monkey chants, but the official line was that England did not hear them. They wanted to battle on. Right. I'm going to stop there because uh, they get... It's, it's, you, you pretty much know what's, uh, what's, uh, what, what happens after that. It's just continuing uh, coverage of basically what happened. And it's, I, I don't understand, like, where, where is the, where does it end? When, when is enough enough, you know? So you're telling me, and I didn't know this fact until I read the article. Um, you're telling me that the exact same thing, and actually not even the exact same thing, worse than previous, because covered in the article there that I just gave you, it just said in 2011 there were monkey chants. For this one, there were people in black balaclavas, all black, faces covered, Nazi saluting. Are you kidding me? Are you serious? In a football game, this is what's going on, yeah? And we had the exact... Not Okay, I don't want to say the exact same thing again. We had a very similar occurrence eight years ago. <laughs> like, where, again... When is enough enough? When is when is the time to give legitimate sanctions to Bulgaria or to the uh, or to Bulgaria's football association, whatever, uh, whatever it's called, football union? When is it time to say, okay, you know what, you're banned from Euro qualifying, you're banned from World Cup qualifying? Maybe if FIFA wants to get into this, but probably not, because um, you know these these people these these people up top like love to just you know wash their hands of the whole ordeal and just move on. You know, uh, no 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 no, we don't we don't talk about that too often. Let's, let's talk about the football. Let's talk about the passion of the game. Let's talk about the love for the game, the magic of football. No, this is the harsh reality for some countries, right? You're seeing England come through to an Eng- to to a European qualifier, and they know that they knew for a fact that this shit could happen, right? They knew that this shit could happen and probably will happen, and they mentally prepared for it. That's 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 not the that's not the reason why people why why professional footballers play for their national team and do and and play these games for for mental. I don't know what you want to call it uh, for a for a uh, mental checkup on how they feel about racism. Is this is not what, this is not what they fly out for? They don't fly out to get monkey chanted, especially if you're Raheem or Tyrone or Marcus. And and in the same in in a very not not the same not the exact same way, but obviously like a couple of weeks ago, I talked about Dean Rasha Smith who had her you know at that time, crowning achievement in her career, kind of uh, watered down uh, f- because the IAAF, or World Athletics, as they want to be called, because that's because apparently the kids love the... kids are very down with that particular word, apparently, according to their market research. Um, there was no one f- there was no one there to help, you know, f- from a crowd standpoint, to help her, uh, to well, to help her, to, you know give her the atmosphere of people chanting her name or whatever. There was nobody there. This is obviously much worse. In the point in the time in, in the the only linking I'm giving towards these two instances is that it's their first time doing this kind of thing. And it's the first time that Dean Rasha Smith won a world championship medal. And this is the first time Tyron Mings had his first England cap. And now it's just marred by this. This is this is what he's gonna have to you know, would he would he even want to think about this particular game as his, you know, as his, um, you know, oh, I remember my first game, I got monkey chanted. You know what I mean? It just, it just leaves a bad taste in your mouth. And obviously Dean Rashford-Smith uh, is, is very different in terms of just, um, you know, the governing body bullshitting. But in this case, the governing body's also bullshitting here. 
So let's get into this, right? This is uh, by Ed Aarons of The Guardian here. Boris, uh, Boris Johnson calls on UEFA to take strong action against Bulgaria, right? So... European football's governing body has opened, has opened disciplinary football uh, disciplinary proceedings against the Bulgarian football union BFU for racist behaviour of its supporters after the incidents at the Vasil Levski uh, Stadium in Sofia, uh, in which some fans made monkey noise. Tyra Mings, da 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 da, right? Matches halted twice. Da 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 da. Quote. The England players and management show tremendous dignity and the Prime Minister commends the players who were targeted for this despicable abuse for their response. We support the FA's call for an uh, inverted investigation with tough penalties to follow. Right, this is all well and good to say all this. All well and good, right? But where was this in 2011? This is the point. Eight years. Eight years between the exact same stadium, the exact same set of fans... Or, well, I don't know if it's the exact same set of fans if they bought, you know, the exact, you know, if they bought the tickets to 2011. But you know what I mean. It's Bulgarian fans. They're in Bulgaria. They're at the exact same stadium. In the exact same uh, country, England, taking Bulgaria on. Where's where's it going to stop? It's all well and good to condemn this bullshit, right? But at some point, you will need to cut the team off. You will need to cut the team off and give death penalties. And by death penalties, I mean you ain't playing in these tournaments no more. Simple as that. Simple as that. It really is. Because clearly all this other shit ain't working. This this uh, three-strike rule, you know, maybe. And obviously they gave Southgate the option to to either take the players into the, lock, uh, to the uh, dressing room, or stay out, and that's good. That's good to give them the option. And, you know, it goes without saying, big ups to the England squad who actually, you know, went through all that and still kept it professional and still got the job done as well. You know? It just, it, it just doesn't make sense. It really doesn't make sense. Us in in one in all this all this hullabaloo going Oh, oh, they're racist. This is this is not on. This is it, we can't we can't have this. Shut them down. Shut them down. I said this months ago when it came to Montenegro and their bullshit towards England players and Bulgaria is exactly the same, actually even worse. Cuz the report from the Montenegro match from my memory there wasn't a very similar incident 8 years ago. Unlike Bulgaria here, which has that. When is my question for all of this simply is when is enough enough? When is enough enough? They need to get cut off. And it's simple as that. Really is. So let's get into the let's get into the next particular topic. Um, we're going to talk about ooh, yes. Let's get into this. So this is a this is a music topic for the day or for the episode. I keep saying for the days. You know, it's like I have a daily radio show or something. Oh, today we're talking about this. No. Um, so this is a uh, fascinating uh, uh, conversation between Rihanna, uh, the NFL. Um, I actually didn't really know the backstory between the beef so to speak, if you want to call it a beef, uh, between Rihanna and the NFL. I th- cause f- for those that... Well, I'm going to read the whole article. Um, well, majority of the article, uh, if you don't know the backstory. But um, Rihanna was uh, rumoured to be asked to, you know, do an NFL uh, Super Bowl halftime, and she, uh, and she rejected it on the grounds of all the Colin Kaepernick stuff, basically, in support of uh, Colin Kaepernick. And on that particular note, I find it so, so very interesting um, that there are people in America of a black persuasion that were, you know, very supportive of Colin Kaepernick a few years ago, and now all I see uh, them tweeting on Sunday nights is NFL stuff. It's as if they're watching it and consuming the product that they were supposed to boycott. 
I'm just saying on that front. So just just wanted to shout that out. Uh, shout out to the people over there uh, across the pond doing their things right there. But anyway. Uh, so this two articles uh, by uh, Justin Tinsley of the Undefeated. Rihanna's criticism of the NFL goes deeper than her loyalty to Kaepernick. And I just found this uh, very fascinating, to be honest. So let's get into it. Because I didn't really know it. So I thought, this is good for the people. Let's, let's, let's get into this. Uh, don't expect Rihanna to qu- squash her long-standing beef with the NFL anytime soon. The megastar confirmed this week she absolutely turned down a chance to perform at last season's Super Bowl uh, out of solidarity with Colin Kaepernick. Uh, quote, I couldn't do, I couldn't dare do that. For what? Who gains from that? Not my people. I just couldn't be a sellout, she told Vogue. Uh, I couldn't be an em- enabler. There's things within that organisation that I do not agree with at all. And I was not about to go and be of service to them in any way, unquote. Uh, some homed in, homed in on a reference uh, to the word sellout and whether it was a shot at her friend and collaborator Jay-Z after the news of his Rock Nation partnership. We've all talked, we've talked about that at nauseam. Uh, a source close to the situation said uh, Rihanna wasn't aiming her comments at Jay-Z and wasn't aware of his negotiations at the time of her interview with Vogue. What is clear, though, is that Rihanna's disdain for the NFL began way, began, uh, way before uh, Kaepernick, uh, well before Kaepernick took a knee in 2016. The friction between the Grammy-winning artist and the NFL can be traced back to 2014. The origin of the story goes back to 2009, when Rihanna was attacked by her then-boyfriend Chris Brown during the Grammy weekend in Los Angeles. Leaked images of her bad face gave uh, new prominence to conversations about spousal and partner abuse. Five years later, domestic violence again became a topic for public analysis when TMZ released video footage on September 8th, 2014 of former Baltimore Ravens running back Ray Rice knocking out his then fiance Janae Palmer in an Atlantic City elevator in February 2014. The footage's uh, release came less uh, than a week after the NFL announced that Jay-Z and Rihanna's Run This Town song would be part of its Thursday Night Football opening segment before the season opener between the Pittsburgh Steelers and Baltimore Ravens. The song boasted of territorial dominance, making it an understandable choice for a football game. But after, after the Rice tape was released, CBS announced it would pull Run This Town, excuse me, uh, in which one uh, which won Grammys in 2009 for Best Rap Song and Best Rap Sung Collaboration. Instead, the league would offer the latest developments on the Rice story. Quote, we thought journalistically and from a tone standpoint, we needed to have the appropriate tone and coverage, CBS Sports Chairman uh, Sean McManus said. Rihanna wasn't happy. By removing, that, uh, by removing a song that featured a high-profile woman who was a victim of domestic violence years earlier, a bad situation came, work became worse. CBS, you pull my song, she tweeted. No, F you. You're all are sad for penalising me for this. The audacity, she posted in a follow-up tweet. CBS's decision to pull the song was also a business blow to Rihanna. She never officially declined a reported offer to perform at the 2015 Super Bowl in Arizona, but combined with the NFL's pay-to-play stipulation in which artists were reportedly asked to give the league a portion of their post-Super Bowl tour income or a separate financial donation to secure the halftime spot, the removal of her s- <clears throat> the removal of her song from a coveted time slot and feeling as if uh, as if she was punished for an incident that didn't involve her, the ingredients for turning down the biggest stage in the entertainment were at play. Involuntarily, she had, became, she had become an example of how NFLs handle controversy and specifically how society processes abuse of women. For months, the NFL had known about Rice, the Rice tape and decided to use Rihanna's music in its marketing rollout while ignoring the obvious dichotomy. A half decade later, uh, Rihanna is an even more powerful figure and still at odds with the NFL. Quote, there's things in the organization that I do not agree with at all, she shared in Vogue's October issue. Understanding her history helps explain the distance between her and the league she believed to use her victimhood against her. And one that Kaepernick mor- uh, Kaepernick's, used Kaepernick's morals as a weapon against him. So... This, this, really, this really gives me a... I think it really gives another layer, or I guess another angle, to look at the BS that the NFL is. Now, firstly, on that pay-to-play note, I, fi- uh, I find that so fascinating. Just from a business standpoint, like, does anybody else do that? Like, I, I understand that um, 
it's it's very obvious sometimes that uh, there there you know some artists do the Super Bowl halftime show from a purely marketing lens, right? Um, I think it was um, I think Justin Timberlake either dropped an album before or after. I think it was before um, his Super halftime show, not the Janet Jackson one, but the uh, but the, the more recent one. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, so he dropped that Man on the Wood, Man of the Woods uh, album, which uh, apparently was doo doo, and let's let's be real, we we knew it was going to be. Um, and then obviously, he, I guess he had to pay the NFL a little bit. A little, a little cut off the top, you know, if he was going to tour off that, off the back of that, and he probably did, for all I know, um, you know, from a marketing lens, it's probably the most logical, you know, if you do a super halftime show, you're going to get the hype, boom, do a tour off that, you know, not purely, but, you know, base it off the, base off the album, obviously, but the super halftime show could be seen as just another, another date on the tour, basically, you, you can easily see it like that. So the money, I guess, from to pay the NFL a undisclosed fee or whatever, or however however much they they deem necessary, and that's another wrinkle to it. You know, do they do they do they have to look at the artist's finances and just go like, mm, yeah, that's okay, or do they just give a fixed rate like you know, five percent of your tour earnings uh, has to go to us or whatever of uh, this particular tour? I don't know how it works, but. It's just fascinating that they, uh, that you know, they 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 give the is the op- the opportunity. It's it's like they have the high ground. It's just it's just so fascinating. So, with that said, and I guess the, you know, uh, the the hiring out nature of the Super Bowl halftime show, which is obviously clearly an angle for this, the fact that you're asking Rihanna, a couple of several times now. Well, rumored once and lockdown of last year. The fact that you're asking her, and then you're doing this pay-to-play stuff, saying that if you want to do this, so Rihanna, we would really. This is how they word it in it. So, so Rihanna, we would really like for you to 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 have our uh, Super Bowl halftime show. Do whatever you want, you know. Just go, just go ham, you know. It's the Super halftime show. It's the biggest halftime show. Was the one of the biggest uh, events, you know, on on the calendar in the world, you know. Millions of well, billions maybe of people are gonna watch it. Yeah, it's it's a remarkable opportunity, right? But you have to cut some. You have to. You have to. You know, Break us off a little bread, you know what I mean? Break, break, break them off, break us off some a little bread. And and obviously, with all this backstory of obviously Rihanna being a victim of partner abuse and um, a survivor, I should say, of of partner abuse, and then the NFL with all this lengthy list, you know, just the list rolling down the hill of bullshit that they have done over the years as it pertains to domestic violence and treatment of women in general. It doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be domestic violence. It could just be anything towards women. And it's just like, they, they, they just turn their, they just turn their head. It's, it's cringe. And so if you have this, you know, you have to pay us a little bit to be on it, to be on our show. Of course, Rihanna's going to go say, go fuck yourself. Cause that's a, that's a, that's just a that's just princip- it's the principality of the situation there, you know. I I really really support uh, Rihanna on this just this just this mindset of I don't really care how many views this will get or how many eyes will be on me at that point or even how much money I get off the off the tour if I do one at all because you know I don't obviously Markin says you should do a tour after after doing a Super Bowl logical, or after you drop an album, obviously, you know, especially in this streaming age, well, you, you need to tour, you need to tour, you need to tour, you need to merch, you need to hard copy, bundles, all of that, you need to do all of that if you want to survive in the streaming age, but anyway, I digress, it's logical to do all that, but Rihanna's principles are clearly of high priority to her, and I completely I completely support that. I really do. To 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 go to the you know, if you, if you say so, you know just think about it, right? If she just you know shunned her morals, 
from be from and also adding on being a survivor of porn reviews and knowing what the NFL has done in the past few years in terms of their complete apathy towards uh, domestic violence and pretty much any crime to be honest uh, of uh, uh, of uh, of of note as it pertains to NFL players and owners and GMs and whatever personnel NFL personnel just just think about that just just think like it just it does it doesn't sit right does it it really doesn't so big up Striana throw that middle finger up to the NFL keep doing your things I heard she's actually uh, dropping an album in the next uh, couple months so um, I. I still haven't listened to Anti. Fuck, you know, I'm I'm so whack. I'm re- I'm really am whack. I just because because Anti is apparently really good. So I need to I'm gonna, I'm gonna try and blast that before her next album. Because uh, th- obviously this album has been very hyped. This new album, uh, a lot of people are just going drop the Rihanna drop the album. It's just like so I'm 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 excited to see what she can do. And uh, yeah, on this on this particular case on this particular subject, yeah. As always, as you, if you've if you've listened to the show, fuck the NFL. So we continue with our third topic of the episode, and this is uh, film and TV. And I want to talk about Will Smith a little bit because I just recently saw uh, his new film, Gemini Man. I saw it with my pops the other day. Um, and, you know, I enjoyed it, I enjoyed it, and I know, I know, it's very against the grain to say, it's it's very out on the outside uh, of the status quo to say that I enjoyed a Will Smith film, sorry guys, I really, I enjoyed it, I enjoyed my experience watching Gemini Man, there I said it, (sighs) cleanse, cleanse, come at me guys, come at me, you know, this this Will Smith hate is very, very just, you know, just just a little bit too, just a little bit much. Like, you know, yes, some some of his films have been doo doo. Let's be real, like, but then some of his films have been very, uh, you know, just 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 hit and miss. You know, there's there's, there's been a lot of average. You know, but um, from the article I'm about to read, um, I still respect what. Will Smith is doing because he's not just resting on his laurels of you know being an actor and just sticking with that. Obviously, we can obviously we could talk about his uh, you know uh, uh, his social media uh, recent um, what's it uh, what's the words what's the word I guess dipping his toes into uh, recently. Obviously, he had those. Uh, he was part of that YouTube re- rewind. He has his own channel and stuff like that, and he does a lot of uh, you know just fun stuff in between in between jobs. Um, I, d- I don't really follow it in particular. Um, it's just that's just me. I've just got other stuff to uh, to listen to, but um, it's cool, you know. For, for <laughs> you, you, there's not many there's not many superstar actors or whatever you want to label him uh, that you know trying to extend their portfolio and that's that's all well and good I and mean, that's kind of what the article is particularly about it's a little story there were feature here uh, by uh, the hollywood reporter by tatiana siegel how will smith cracked the code on making real money in hollywood so uh, i just you know i thought i saw the headline i was like mm, that's cool and obviously since i saw gemini man recently i thought it was a good time to talk about uh, talk about some will smith so let's get to this uh, in march 2016 uh, Will Smith was at a crossroads. After three decades in show business, he was coming off the coldest streak of an otherwise stellar career. His previous three movies, Concussion, Focus, and The Much Aligned After Earth. Now, Focus was lit. Just, just stop right there. Focus was fire. Stop. Stop. Don't act like that, that film wasn't fire. That was a clean film, good story, and a great twist in the end. Very good film. Okay, let's just, let's just, stop, let's just stop right there and say and agree... The focus was decent, okay? It might it might have not been watched in the cinema, um, but damn it, it, damn, it was good. I just want to say that, so I just want to put that on the record again. Anyway, and then much maligned Afterworth, after Earth, which was doo-doo, straight doo-doo. 
uh, had posted relatively anemic box office numbers, earning a collective 451 mil worldwide. Although the release of David Ayer's uh, ensemble tentpole Suicide Squad was looming, Smith's next star vehicle uh, would be the three-hanky drama uh, Collateral Beauty, which he was shooting in New York and would mark his worst opening ever. Never saw it. Never saw it. I I saw a couple of ads, I was like, "Mm, nah. Uh, just as things look bleak and the pressure building on CAA, his longtime agency, uh, Smith made perhaps the riskiest move of his career, reteaming with Ayer for the big, big budget human orc uh, sort of buddy comedy Bright and Netflix, no less. Though eyebrows were raised across town, in hindsight the choice was bold. Sources say Will Smith pulled uh, Smith pulled down a twenty-seven million dollar upfront salary, double what Warner Brothers would have paid him for the package. Uh, while extending his global brand thanks to the streamer's reach into more than 190 countries at the time uh, Bright held the distinction of Netflix's biggest ever budget at 100 mil. In doing so, Smith also paved the way for so-called theatrical-only A-list talent from Sandra Bullock to Miles Scorsese to make movies for the streamer and kept his 20 million uh, quote intact. Sorry, he gets 20 mil up front. Jesus, imagine having that. Oh my god. Just everything you do, 20 mil up front. <laughs> That's a G move. Oh, oh. God, man. That'll be great to have that clout. Unbelievable. Anyway, uh, what may have looked like a dicey move has been part of a savvy strategy to make the 51 year old star, uh, star's career for the digital, digital age. During the past two years, Smith has reinvented his brand via shrewd product picks and cheeky web videos, earning 122 million followers across platforms. And following the blockbuster success of Disney's Aladdin, which shocked virtually everyone by, by taking in a $1.05 billion globally, Smith now stands near the apex of Hollywood's star hierarchy. Quote, if he's not the highest paid, he's tied for first, uh, says one top agent, placing him alongside Leonardo DiCaprio and Robert Downey Jr. Perhaps an insurance policy following his big screen misfires, the rapper turned actor is now poised to make a leap to mogul status with a series of savvy social media moves and investments, including the July launch of Westbrook Inc., a cross-platform holding company that the actor oversees with his wife Jada Pinkett Smith. Westbrook is designed to expand the Smith family beyond film and TV, uh, beyond film and TV, and into new media, technology, and even merchandising. In addition, uh, Smith enjoys wide-ranging venue streams that stretch well beyond his feature film wheelhouse. Encompassing everything from a venture capital fund that was an uh, early investor in Uber and now backs several tech startups, a German rights holding company, uh, a Smith family owned water brand and a digital studio that has become one of the most influential creators of short form content. Meanwhile, he continues his day job and will face a major test with October 11th uh, opening of Gemini Man, the Ang Lee Helm sci-fi thriller that uses special effects to create a young version of Smith squaring off against his current self. In short, Smith has quietly become one of the most diversified megastars in Hollywood. Everything he does, he does brilliantly, says Paramount Chief uh, Jim, Jim Giannopoulos, uh, who worked with Smith on 1996's uh, Independent Day, Independence Day and now Gemini Man. He's a true. He's truly a multi-hyphenate, multi-talented man for all seasons. In fact, is it's what Smith is doing as a movie marketer that has studio execs most excited. Around the same time he signed on for Bright, Smith made another pivotal change in his career trajectory. A source says he's become intrigued by Dwayne Johnson's social media success and how it was translated into box office dollars. He pressed CAA to surround it with a team that could harness the unique, his unique voice and carefree sensibility. The following year, he joined social media, a latecomer to be sure, and has quickly amassed 32 million followers on Instagram, 77 million on Facebook, and 6.75 million on YouTube. He has been unbelievably methodical and committed to building social presence, says Doug Belgrade who collaborated with Smith on one of his biggest hits of Sony, including Hitch and the Men in Black franchise, and is producing his upcoming Bad Boys for Life with Jerry Brookheimer. I'm, I'm just by the way, I'm super hyped about that. I don't know if I told you guys, but I'm super hyped about Bad Boys for Life. Trust me on that. I'm going to see that opening day. I, I, don't, I don't care if it's doo-doo. It, it probably most likely will. But I'm just here for the hype. I'm, I'm just here for the gas. I've, I've been waiting for this for so long. I don't care if it's the worst film of all time. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna sit back and enjoy it as much as possible. 
I'm just going to be completely biased and go, this is lit, <laughs> regardless. He's really learned how to connect with the audience, and he's an amazing partner to the studios when it comes to digitally promoting his movies. I'm going to stop there. Um, there's, a, there's, a, there's, a, there's a lot more. It's a whole big-ass feature. Um, and there's also a Bind the Numbers uh, graphic at the bottom, so if you want to go read that, go, read, uh, go see that. But yeah, I just find it so fascinating uh, from a... Uh, just from a... Uh, trying to extend yourself, you know, trying to spread yourself out to different mediums. Um, obviously, last week we talked about uh, Martin Scorsese uh, talking about Marvel uh, Marvel movies. And, you know, he talks about, obviously, the, uh, what's the word, the, uh, the theme park nature of it and stuff like that. And I guess there's some, I guess in some way he's, uh, I guess, blaming... Uh, either audiences or cinemas or Disney. I'm not really sure who he's targeting specifically. But in my mind, it should be Disney because if he's, because t- he obviously talks about, um, and I will get back to Smith at some point. Um, this is just a big tangent. When he talks about that, we've obviously talked here on the show. Uh, I've obviously talked about here on the show a few times about Disney's practical monopoly on the on the whole industry and how and obviously there was one particular topic I talked about where it was like um uh you know blockbusters cinema everything else streaming and I will ask you this question where's the Irishman being held? Where's it being shown? Netflix, which is streaming. So he can he can he can be all uppity about he may be being uppity about, you know, art and cinema and stuff like that. But I think Ed Norton uh, recently made a quote about all of that, all the Scorsese stuff, and uh, took the hit out on cinemas and how, and, and, and they're either poor quality, I think was the I think was the particular quote, but you can also talk about the fact that, you know, distribution are catering to blockbusters only. You know, the last... Um, God, what was the last non-blockbuster film that I saw in the cinema? Um, maybe Moonlight? Maybe? Um, I think it was. I think it was Moonlight. So, you know, that's and how long was that? That was a couple of years ago. You know, obviously I haven't been to the cinema as uh, much as most much as most people. Probably uh, probably you guys have been been there way way more times than me. But anyway, talking about, going from that back to Will Smith, um, it's just. It is just fascinating how he has, uh, obviously he's still doing the films and still doing all that, but he's also extended to do more. And I just, I just kind of, I just kind of respect the hustle, to be honest. And that's kind of what I'm, what I'm getting at. I just respect the hustle. Like you can, you can shit on his films all you like, but he's getting pee. He's he's trying to rake up this pee regardless. Um, Maybe, maybe there was a, there was a, uh, you know, pressing at the back of his head, just going like, you're not doing well in this, you're not doing well with the films at the moment, uh, money-wise, so you might need to extend yourself, and he, he clearly responded to that. Maybe that was the, maybe that was the push. Maybe just, uh, you know, in the back of his head, some, uh, his conscience just went, you need to do something else, bruv, <laughs> you need to fix up, because this, uh, this, 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 uh, this movie thing, is not doing well for you at the moment. The the cash flow is not flowing right now. It's, it's not as good as it was. Uh, you need to extend. And the fact that he's done that and has gone to not just social media, where we can obviously see that progress, but obviously in uh, in venture capital and, and funding other things and investment, stuff like that, and a behind-the-scenes business, is commendable. And I do wonder how many actors are doing that these days. Probably a few, to be honest. I think uh, I think there are a lot of people that are getting more business savvy off the top. Um, obviously, Will Smith is fifty-one for crying out loud. <laughs> the fact he's he's doing this stuff now is kind of you know, he could have he could have easily been stuck in his ways. He could have easily been stuck in his ways in in, in a way that Scorsese is. But then again, Scorsese's gone to Netflix, so I can't really can't really shit on him for that. Um, well, for extending anyway, and not just trying to be in, you know, traditional cinema. 
I just, uh, it's, it's very comparable to how sports stars are doing that. Obviously, LeBron James has his own production company and, uh, and does a lot of stuff on the side as well. And I think that inspiration is going to sink in quicker than you think. Um, for there are many, there are many sports stars now that are starting to invest not just after their careers. They do it in the middle of their careers, and some people are doing it from day one if they really, if they really have the acumen to. Um, and at some point, there will come a time when just all, well, not all sports stars, because some of them don't even get the money to, you know, do these big plans. But when they do have the money to get do these big plans. They can they can do them as soon as possible now, and they can, they have the acumen. They can they can have the people behind them, and kudos to Will Smith for just going to his agency and go, yo, I need people to help me uh, fulfill this vision I've got right now because we need to we need to pull up we need to pull up the socks and do something different, and he's doing it. So I can't really all this all this you know Will Smith shit. Eh. You could say that, but as far as I know, the boy is getting pee. And you can't hate the boy for getting pee. <laughs> so, move on to the final topic of the day. Of the day? God damn it, stop saying day of the episode. Uh. There'll be a there'll be of climate crisis uh, news for you because I just I mean there were there were a lot of uh, I, I will just say this off the back uh, there were a lot of potential life topics I could have done um, uh, there were there there were a few but I picked this simply because I just thought this needs to be this needs to be this needs to be picked up to be honest because um, I just found it i I just found that it was very swept under the rug once it got dropped, and I didn't really see it after this. I thought there should be more talk about it so this is by Stephanie Kirchgeisner in uh washington via Washington in the Guardian, and it's called revealed Google made large contributions to climate change deniers now like just 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 think about that off the back of of right now just and just and just think about it, because Google, you don't you don't really think about it. <laughs> my 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 Google thing went off on my phone. <laughs> but yeah, that's literally it. It's so ever present. That was literally the point I was trying to make. Google is so ever present, and it's rare that you see Google in the news for you know negative stuff. You know, we we always see Facebook in negative shit. We sometimes see Twitter and negative shit. We see neg- we have we see negative shit in Instagram sometimes. You know, as it pertains to, um, you know, stuff like uh, stuff like Jimmy Jamil's uh, 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 activism on that front. You know, you, you sometimes see that, but I rarely see you know Google straight up in the news for something. So I just thought this was worth talking about. But anyway, so let's get into this particular thing. Uh, Google has made substantial contributions to some of the most notorious some of the most notorious climate deniers in Washington, despite its insistence that it supports political action on the climate crisis. Among hundreds of groups, the company is listed on its website as beneficiaries of its political uh, giving. Are more than a dozen organizations that have campaigned campaigned against climate legislation, questioned the need for action, or actively sought to roll back Obama era environmental protections. The list includes uh, the Competitive Enterprise Institute, or CEI, a conservative policy group that was instrumental in convincing the Trump administration to abandon the Paris Agreement and has criticised the White House for not dismantling more environmental rules. Uh, Google has also listed as a sponsor for an upcoming annual meeting of the State Policy Network, SPN, uh, an umbrella organisation that supports conservative groups including the Heartland Institute, a radical anti-science group, there's Shided, the teenage activist uh, Greta Thunberg uh, for climate delusion hysterics, quote-unquote. Uh, SPN members recently created the a Climate Pledge uh, website that falsely states, quote, our natural environment is getting better, unquote, and there is no climate crisis, unquote. Ah, oh, God, uh, 
Goo has defended its contributions, saying that its collaboration, quote-unquote, uh, with organizations such as CEI does not mean we endorse the organization's entire agenda. <clears throat> so I'm, I'm, I'm going to continue on the article a bit uh, afterwards, but I just wanted to say something on that. Just a just little bit saying... <clears throat> We we, we we don't we don't support all of their agenda, you know. That's it. It doesn't make sense. I I don't know why. I do know why. Why they do this kind of stuff, but it it kind of goes back to Rihanna, you know. Say so she could have easily done the uh, you know the super halftime show right and completely forget about the domestic violence bullshit that the NFL has been doing for the past, you know, for the past, well, since the dawn of time, pretty much. Um, She easily could have done that and just, you know, not talked about it or just, um, you know, or just strictly talk about the entertainment or strictly talk about the music, stuff like that. But there comes a time where you just have to say no simply because... You know, if if you have a morals, stick to them. What's the point of having them if you ain't gonna stick to them? You know, Google do, does all this preaching about you know environmentalism, da, da 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 da. But you're giving you're giving P to people that create websites that say the environment is getting better. That can influence the president of the United States to hop off a fucking Paris Accord, a Paris Agreement. Like these are the, you you're not giving them to whack jobs. You're giving it to people with power, to people with political power that can spread their agenda, you know, in funnel it legitimately or illegally, regardless, they're going to get the job done into the presidency of the United States. Like, saying, say, say what, 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 what do they say again? Collaboration with organizations such as CEI does not mean we endorse the organization's entire agenda. That is their entire agenda, though. Is it not? Probably. I, I don't. I don't. I don't understand. Where, where? Where? What other agendas do they have? Explain to me what entire. What? What? What their agenda? What other agendas they have? If that's not the entire thing for them. Where they're saying that Greta Thunberg is a, basically like a, a climate delusion hysterical. Like it. What, what what else do they do? <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. It's saying that we support them. Okay, let's just say for example, right? They um, uh, they 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 climate deny. They have power to influence politicians on climate denial, so they can be they can lobby, right? But they also um, I don't know. I don't know. They 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 give. Uh, they help children with uh, prosthetics if they if they don't have limbs. Okay, let's just say that. Right. Do you? Th- this is kind of a moral question for you. Do you give money to them? So they say, "Fuck the climate." It's uh, it's, it's it's bollocks, basically. Whatever, whatever rhetoric you want to give, right? Whatever the generic stuff you want to give. Uh, climate climate denial, da, 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 all that whack job stuff. But they also give uh, prosthetics to 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 use. Do you? If if that's if that's if it's not their entire agenda, right? If they actually do some good in the world, which I don't know if these companies do or not, but we have to give it the ben- we have to we have to give that option here because you know we just have to. We can't just we can't just say that uh, they they're just about that. But if they're just about that. What is the? I don't. I don't understand what the. What the. Uh, I don't understand what the friction is there. <laughs> you know what I mean? If if literally if if all the if they do all this completely negative shit, and literally inspire politicians to do to 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 their bidding, there comes a time when you just have to cut it off. Again, this is kind of this the the um, this is really the um. The, the the this should be the title of the show. I'm gonna, I, I probably won't title it like this, but yeah, cut it off, cut Bulgaria off, <laughs> cut these climate fuckers off. Will Smith could, should cut these haters off. Ariana's <laughs> <laughs> cut the NFL off. <laughs> oh my days! 
absolutely madness. But anyway, let's get into, let's get, let's continue this because there's some more information. Uh, we're hardly alone. This is a quote. Uh, we're hardly alone among companies that contribute to organization while strongly disagreeing with them on climate policy. The spokesperson said Amazon has, like Google, has also sponsored CEI, uh, CEI uh, Gala, according to a program for the event reported in the New York Times. Right. And? And what? And what? So? It's not about... I mean, sure, Amazon do it too. And Amazon, rightly, should be shat on for it. But why are you passing the buck? Why are you snitching? Oh, Amazon does it. So if Amazon does it, why can't we? I don't know, Google. Be the bigger, be the bigger company here, maybe, maybe. Like you know, have have a pair on you, maybe. You know, grow some, maybe. That's such that's some childish shit. Seriously, that is literally some childish shit. You know what that is, right? That's literally, that's literally a ten-year-old brother, right? Watching his, uh, watching his, uh, I don't know seven-year-old brother, right, do something, do something bad, right, or actually, the ten-year-old does something bad, right, and he goes like, uh, oh, why'd you, why'd you do that, no, the seven-year-old does something bad, right, and the parent goes, why'd you do that, oh, oh, my, oh, he did it as well, why are you snitching, I mean, this ain't hip-hop, you can snitch if you want on this front, but this isn't the point, that's not the point, you shouldn't be, say- you shouldn't be saying just because this other big-ass conglomerate does it, why can't we do the same? Maybe because you fucking shouldn't. Maybe because it's that. Maybe it's just maybe it's as simple as that. Can it not be? Can it not be as simple as that? Excuse the plane. Can it not simply be that that we think this is bad, so you shouldn't do it? If Amazon does it, we'll rightly shit on Amazon for it. And if this report came out about Amazon, I'd probably talk about it in the exact same way. But now you're passing the buck because why? Because you don't want to be the, you don't want to feel like you're the only one. Grow some. What kind of bullshit excuse is that? Anyway, CEI has opposed uh, regulation of, of the internet and enforcement of antitrust rules. Has defended Google against some Republicans' claims uh, that the search engine has an anti-conservative bias. But environmental activists and other critics say that for a company that purports a purports to support global action on climate change, such trade-offs are not acceptable. Exactly. Quote, you don't get a pass on it. It ought to be a disqualifying, uh, it ought to be disqualifying to support what is a primarily a phony climate-denying front group. It ought to be unacceptable given how wicked they have been, said Sheldon Whitehouse, a Democratic senator from Rhode Island, who is one of the most vocal proponents of climate change, a climate action in Congress. Um, this is a big ass, this is a big ass report, so if you want to go read it, read it for yourselves, please do. I'm going to finish on that, but simply, there's also another angle on this, where it it should really not be a political issue, you know, the fact that a Democrat said that, that shouldn't be the point, the point is, climate, we are in a climate crisis right now, it shouldn't really be politicised, but when you're giving money to people that are literally climate denying and are fun and are funding are being funded uh, for uh, websites that say science science denial are you fucking kidding are you stupid how can you deny science unbelievable you're giving money to people that deny science what kind of whack jobs what kind of whack jobs? Unbelievable. Anyway, it it really just does. It, it, I, it, I really can't make heads or tails of it. I can't understand like why I get why one you'd pass the buck to Amazon like that fucking matters. Like, there, there'll probably be a report on Amazon soon. Trust me on that, right? If there was, I'd report it. <laughs> if there was, I'd speak about it. I'd speak on it. And two. To say that they that it's not their entire agenda when it really does seem it is, is just one outright lying and two just it's just whack. It's, it's whack. It's whack excuse after whack excuse. And Google should be shouting for it to be completely honest. But anyway, ladies and gentlemen, that has been what's good. 
Hope you enjoyed this episode. Uh, I've been, I've been, I've been kind of hyped for this one. Not gonna lie, I've been kind of hyped for this episode for the past couple of days. So I hope I, I hope my energy uh, uh, was was emanated through uh, the through my microphone here. Um, if you want to read the articles, obviously it's always uh, going to be in the description, uh, linked uh, in the description wherever you listen. And uh, yeah, uh, from the Fifth Member Podcast Network, I've been Charlie Taylor, and this has been What's Good. Intro music is Too Much by Vanilla. Interlude music is Vista by Poldor. You can find all their music via Bandcamp in the description below. Shout out to your music, to your records for the ability to use. You can find also their Bandcamp link and all the music they release. Uh, pretty much on a weekly basis now um, via Bandcamp also in the description below and yeah that's pretty much it hope you have a good week ladies and gentlemen I shall try and always always do the same but until the next time take it easy ladies and gentlemen